Hi, my name is Ava. This is your Truth for Your 20s podcast with your host, Katie Bormer, my mom. Enjoy listening. If you are between the ages of 18 and young 30s and reaching for that best version of yourself, you are in the right place. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I am an author and speaker to over 30 colleges nationwide. With the heart behind everything I do to be who I needed when I was younger. On this podcast, I interview experts in their field and 20-somethings alike. We'll talk about finances, physical wellness, dealing with your inner mean girl, and you better believe we're going to talk about guys. Our mission here is to empower your socks off and definitely drop some truth bombs along the way. All right, let's get to it and unpack some truths for your 20s. We have a Facebook group. The Truth For Your 20s Facebook group is brand new. It is growing fast, but the party is not complete unless we have you there. This is the place where every week we're going to have an Ask Katie Anything. You guys, I'm here for it. Bring your questions. We are going to have your feedback about what you want to hear more about on this podcast. It's a place to network with other world changers all over the nation. Not to mention you guys get insider scoop promo codes, freebies, and lots more fun too. So head on over to Facebook, search Truth For Your 20s in groups, and join the party today. This is my first revisit with the wonderful Angela Zadopak Blair. She has a new last name. If you remember from last season, she had our number one episode about her and her husband's story of waiting for marriage. They both came on and shared their takes on why they made that decision and all of the good stuff. You guys loved it. It was definitely our number one episode. But Angela agreed to come on and kind of share the behind the scenes and maybe what she didn't share the first time. And we heard the fairy tale story, but there's always another side to that. So Angela, thank you for being on again and sharing with us all of the good stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun because I think it's like Instagram or the movies, right? We see the highlights, but there's been a lot of bumps in the road and frogs to kiss until I met Carson. And I feel like I could write a whole book or maybe even talk for hours. So I just hope that my dating journey from high school, college through my 20s, Maybe I can pass on some some wisdom to all you single ladies out there. All the single ladies. Yes. All the single I ladies. can't help but sing the Beyonce. It's a wide open door. Yeah. She's from Houston, where I'm from too. So H-Town, what up? Oh, so y'all basically best friends then, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. So if they miss this episode or don't know anything about you or your message, can you kind of just give like a brief who you are, how you got to this decision, and you and Carson and all that good stuff. Yes, I will. So who has seen The Bachelor? Are you a Bachelor fan? Um, Because I also had an experience very similar to that show. So just to rewind a little bit, I am from Texas. I went to University of Texas at Austin. I was a Kappa Kappa Gamma, KKG, what up? Um, And I did broadcast journalism in school. And right after I graduated from UT in Austin, I did Miss Texas USA, and I was approached at the pageant by casting directors for reality television network on NBC. And they were like, hey, are you single? And I was like, yeah. They're like, would you do a reality dating show? It's the same producers as The Bachelor, but they're creating a version for NBC. And I was like, absolutely not. That's the worst idea because... (laughs) Who knows how they edit and paint you. But I said, you know what? I don't know. I'll just go to LA and I'll hear them out. So long story short, I go on this reality show season one. It was called Ready for Love. And Eva Longoria produced it. And I was the girl that won in the end. But really, me and the guy didn't end up together. So didn't win that. But God totally used that show because I talked about my stance on waiting for marriage and saving that for my husband, which obviously was really what was highlighted the most out of that whole show. And really since then has been such a crazy journey 
of so many different conversations. And um, really, it's so funny to me that it's like, oh, that's weird. You're you're not sleeping with someone unless you're going to be married to them. And so it's just, I feel on this mission. And now that I am married, and I see how amazing it is to truly save that for the guy that you're going to be with forever. I'm just on a mission with UKD to really help encourage all you girls and guys too on just really protecting your heart and treating yourself with respect. And so here I am today, um, started a Christian jewelry line to really help just bridge fashion and faith in a more fun way and use fashion to help elevate all of us. Okay. So you were on this reality dating show and, you know, in front of this national audience, have this decision that you made about waiting for marriage kind of made public. How did that go? That was interesting. I had been on this reality dating show and the elimination night was in front of a live audience of a thousand plus people. So just imagine that you're like on, it's like hunger games meets the bachelor. They're like, All right, who's going down? Um, and they said that they thought I should be eliminated that episode because I was waiting for marriage and they felt I was not a modern day woman and a man needed to connect physically in order to fall in love. And I said, really? I don't agree with that. Send me to the bottom then. And if that's what The Bachelor believes, then I'll happily go home. So obviously he did not eliminate me and I was saved. I came back up on stage and the audience was clapping. It was, it was really a crazy, crazy moment. Um, but I was walking to our dressing rooms after the episode and security was walking me. We filmed on the Sony lots, like next to Price is Right and all these game shows. It was crazy. And this young girl broke through the crowd and she was like, had to be like, I don't know. She was in her teens, like early teens. She was like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, thank you for standing up for what you believe. And that just means so much because I'm making that same decision. And, um, that really encouraged me. And I was wearing a promise ring at the time. And she asked where I got my promise ring. And I remember looking at it thinking, I'm not even that crazy about how this looks, but I love what it stands for. And so I thought, what if I could make more of like a fashionable jewelry line? for women of faith. So I started Elevari Jewelry a few years ago, which Elevari is Latin and it means to elevate or lift. And so I just thought that was so pretty. And our little hashtag is fashion your faith. So I take different symbols and like cool little verses from the Bible and kind of bring it to life in a modern way. So it's been a really fun journey and I am looking for some rock star ambassadors and just awesome ladies to get it out even more. So come on. If you if you were Elevari, you are an Elevari angel. So come be an angel. <laughs> hey there. Hey there. What's up? Yes. And Angel and I are linking arms because I just I love this message and I love what it stands for so much. And her and I talking you know, I'm all about sisterhood and how sorority women can change the world. And I, and I believe this to my bones and my marketing background has the evidence to prove it. Yet what even more powerful is this larger sisterhood of faith. And Angela has a physical reminder, this piece of jewelry to remind you, you belong to this larger sisterhood. Like you are not alone when you stand up for things that are countercultural. And I am just so excited about this line and we're just so excited to share it. Well, what a perfect opportunity for me to tell you about Elevari Jewelry. I encourage you to go check them out on the web. I made it easy for you. You can find them on the show notes from this podcast episode, my Instagram, or my website, or simply just elevarijewelry.com. All of the listeners of the Truth For Your 20s podcast can use promo code TRUTH to get free shipping. I don't know that Christian jewelry has ever been known to be fashionable, but Angela is changing that. We have beautiful pieces that take symbols from the Bible and put them into beautiful and modern pieces. Very affordable prices. And the thing I love most about this is it a physical reminder, a symbol that you belong to a larger sisterhood of faith. So check it out, elevarijewelry.com and use promo code TRUTH to get yourself free shipping. 
And you have an adorable husband who is a former Major League Baseball player. So, I mean, like, imagine the most beautiful people. That's who you got right here. That's who you got right here, I guess. Yeah, he he really is gorgeous. I look at him every night. I'm like, God, are you serious? Like, wow. (laughs) Jackpot. No, he's so great. He, He got drafted by the Red Sox out of high school and played for the Rangers and the Oakland A's and a bunch of different places. So... We are now moving to Austin, Texas, where we will be living in a month. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. So many fun changes. Yeah. So beautiful on the outside, but truly what I love about you guys is your your just belief in marriage, your belief in each other, and you're elevating the way people see dating, and you're countercultural, and all of it's so exciting, but it didn't start out that way, or you had to kiss a lot of frogs, as you said, to get there. Yeah. So I guess kind of back us up to your growing up years, how you kind of, your view of dating was shifted and changed and all of that kind of stuff along the way. Yeah. Well, I first just want to preface before I go into this at my engagement party. So I'm the oldest of four and I have twin brothers who are really cute, by the way, in 27 and love Jesus. <laughs> um, they were like, our family toast at my engagement party was you actually are doing this now. Like that is because my family has seen my journey dating and all the heartbreak I've gone through. And so it's kind of a sweet moment, but also like, you know, little brothers joking and ragging on me, like you're doing it. You're finally getting married. Um, so yeah, it's, it has been, it's been a a journey through my twenties. I think that I first want to say that I, obviously I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. Like I don't want to throw past relationships like the guys I was dating. I think it was just a place where probably both of us had to grow and we all have that different path and growth journey. But I have been engaged actually twice. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, the show, the reality show I got proposed to on national television to be honest with you, I really don't count that because it felt kind of more like a show. Like it was so weird. But I did get engaged a second time after a few years later. And that was really the guy that I first ever gave my heart to. And it was just really tough when that broke and followed up a few years later because I got married when I was 32. So there's a lot of time here that's happened in my 20s. So it's like I was engaged on the reality show. A few years later, I met someone and we just moved really fast and got engaged and then kind of realized, whoa, hold on a second. I don't, and I felt like this wasn't right. And then I actually dated one other person after that. So I've had kind of three serious relationships before I met my husband. And there are a lot of things I learned from each of those relationships that I really feel prepared me for what I'm in now, you know, a marriage, a healthy marriage. Yeah, for sure. So growing up, um, I know you come from a divorced family. Like, what was taught to you about dating? I mean, was it kind of like figure yeah. it out on your own? Were your parents really intentional? Like, how mm-hmm. was that? Um, I love you, mom, if you're hearing this. But my <laughs> mom always, you know, my mom had her own battle battle wounds, right, from her life and her relationships. And she really instilled that you can never trust a guy always make your own money. Um, you just never know. And to some degree, I'm, I do agree with us as women, not just fully losing our identity and devoting ourselves in a relationship. It is good to keep who you are right intact and that independence, that's a healthy thing. But I think it was preached to me at such a level where I never trusted a guy and I, you know, I, I was a virgin when I got married. So I think another aspect of why I waited was because I really did not trust guys, right? Like I had a lot of guy friends and I would hear their conversations about other girls and kind of the way that guys' minds work. And so I really felt very protective of, of my heart and kind of grew up in that environment. You know, I think that there's this phrase of, I'm just dating for fun. But really, I think if everyone has that mentality, it's not fun to play with someone's heart. And I, yeah, I saw that at an early age. And, you know, in the, my younger Angela, I think because I didn't trust, I would date just around and I wouldn't sleep with anybody, obviously, but 
I just didn't take it serious until I could feel like they proved like I could trust them. But I realize now that I'm older, like that's just really not a healthy way to view it. And I don't think that's how God wants us to, to really view, you know, true relationship when it, when it is with the right person. So when did you decide, was it an intentional decision to wait for marriage or, and how did you come to that conclusion and, and how did you stay with that decision? So that's probably two questions. Yeah. Well, my mom like gave me the sex talk one day we were swimming in the pool and in Texas, you know, during the summer. And she just like the first guy asked me out and she just said, Angela, it, it is such a gift to give to your husband and God will really bless your marriage. He, you know, he promises that. And I grew up, my parents were divorced, right? Like I saw everything you kind of don't want in a marriage. And like, it was just very, there was a lot of fighting. And so I wanted something different. Which is so funny because Carson, my husband, his why on why he waited was he wanted to experience everything with that one person. So in a way, we had like different ways of saying it, but I made that decision when I was 16 and then I'm like launched into the world, right? Like I'm in college, I'm in a sorority, I went to all the parties, you know, the phone parties, the date parties. Um, I would, I went to Vegas when I was 21. I mean, it's not like I lived in a bubble. I've, I've really seen a lot and done a lot, but, and I think you can, I think it's just as, as Christian girls, I think it's easy to feel pressure. Like it's like, we know we shouldn't be certain places and it's easy that that slippery slope, right? Like to where do we draw the line? But I think I was probably in different situations through my 20s, and I started to really look at everything I was doing and ask myself this question, is what I'm doing contributing to the life that I want to create for myself? And I think that's really was the game changer for how I chose my friends, what I did, my free time, what did I do with my free time, How how did I eat? You know, if you want to feel healthy and feel good in the morning is eating super bad stuff late at night, is that the best way of loving yourself? I think I think loving ourselves is a journey to we all have to get there different ways and I think really I had to really love myself and learn what does that mean and really just use my singleness as being my best self and like a woman of excellence. And I think there's such a lie about if you're single, something's wrong with you. I don't think that at all. I think it's it's like when you're training as an athlete to run in the track meet. Like, no one's going to be like, man, your training is such a waste. Like, no, you're training like for the big event. And so I think it's just when you really see it like that, singleness is honestly such a fun season. Oh, Angel, that is so good. So my husband had a similar question that he asked himself. He was way more mature than I was um, before we met. But just to kind of keep, you know, your eye on the prize, keep what matters at forefront of your mind. You said that is what I'm doing, contributing to the life that I want. And he asked himself, what stories do I want to tell? So like, what story do I want to tell my future husband? What story Mm -hmm. do I want to tell? I mean, he would ask my future wife, what story do I want to tell my children? And basically the same kind of question, but maybe just a different way to phrase it is, is what stories do you want to tell about the decisions you made and who you're becoming? And it's so interesting because I meet a lot of young people who are like, oh, I want a guy who waited for me, or I want a guy who, a Christian guy who mm-hmm. loves our family and loves Jesus. Meanwhile, I'm going to dance on the bar and go home with anyone who buys me a drink. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah. You're on a path. But, yeah, but I totally okay. I got it. I just got to say this here. Same. I feel like in my younger twenties, I would have this Christian checklist: Are you going to church? Are you, you know, what's your small group? And if they don't hit this list, then you put them in this box that they're not a Christian leader, right? And I really that is one thing that got me in a lot of trouble in my twenties is I would meet someone that said they were Christian, they were in church and I would give my heart away really fast because I would think, Oh, they're safe. They say they're a Christian, but really I, I 
that's actually what happened with my second engagement. You know, he was in church. He actually played in the band, like all this stuff. But then his actions really were not matching his words. And I think it's so easy for us girls because we're emotion, much more emotion filled. We have like the fairy tale. We dream, we scribble our name with their last name. You know, we, we let our minds wander. But I think if really, it's funny because at least for me through my 20s, it's like I would meet somebody, get really excited. And very quickly, if we both like fell for each other, it's like, yeah, let's date. And then I would kind of get to know them. And it's like setting yourself up for like, oh crap, like actually we're really not a fit. So when I met my husband now, we were not official until I did not say he was my boyfriend until like seven months, which set he felt like was forever. But I was like, I want to get to know you first. Like I want to hang out and like build a friendship first because I really got myself in trouble through my twenties. I would meet guys in church too. And I just, I think like it's so important these days to just also see actions and not give your heart away so fast. Yeah. Like dating today. So suggesting to younger people, first of all, get to know the person. Right. And then I used to say I was a Christian because I grew up in Georgia. Like, okay, wow. Your zip code actually doesn't have anything to do with your beliefs. Yeah. (laughs) But that was, that was somehow, and my grandmother went to church. Therefore I'm a Christian. No, like that's not at all how it works but I didn't know any better. And I think that those are very important. So obviously looking for actions, fruit in their life, as they say, and then get to know that person before you dive in. Is that? Yeah. And I think like I and Katie, we've talked about this. We actually have a mutual friend who's a doctor and he talks about the neurological chemicals in a man's brain. The longer that feeling of pursuing something goes, actually that inclines them to fall in love more men are hunters, right? So having that need met so quickly, that like changes chemically in their brain and they're like on to the next. So it actually is really, (laughs) it's better to wait and like really have, have guys respect you for taking it in those steps rather than the hookup culture says, sleep with them. Maybe you'll talk to him the next day. Maybe you'll go on a date. Maybe you'll actually be in a relationship. And that's just totally backwards of how God wired our bodies and our brains. And that fact from that doctor backs that up. Like the the chemical in a man's brain just is met. And then they're like, move on to the next thing when that, when that feeling is gratified yes. soon. So, you know, I, I actually... I also want to talk about red flags and like that gut feeling. Like, have you ever had that whenever you feel like something's off, but you maybe don't listen to it and you justify it? Of course. Yes. Yeah. That was me. That was me in my twenties. Like totally. If I was dating a guy and I saw a few things off, I'd be like, oh, well they're, they're good here. They're good there. And I would ignore that feeling. And we cannot ignore that um, as women. Like that's actually a God-given gift. I think God gives all of us is that that discernment. And I really, in my last relationship before Carson, on paper, he works with some of the most well-known names today, well-known athletes. If I told you some of his business partners, you would, everyone would know who they are. And we would do ministry projects. We were traveling. I mean, so much fun but I didn't feel peace at the end of the day and I would ignore it. And I ignored it to the point where I would look at myself and just be like, I don't even look like myself. Like I felt so, and like my family could see it and I would try to prove everyone wrong. And I think that can happen in relationships. Like you feel like the world's against you, but our love is greater. But I think that's just, honestly, if you have so many people speaking into you, that really is, a huge mature step to step back and really assess like, am I in the right relationship? Because I ignored those signs and people's in my life saying that to me for like a year and a half. And I really regret that now, but I'm hoping that I can pass this, (laughs) my experience on to someone that maybe you're in a relationship and you kind of know deep down, I don't know if this is right, but I can't tell you how freeing it is 
when you, when you are out of those relationships that are toxic and God has so, so much better for you. Um, but it is, you've got to take that step of faith out of it. Yeah. It's, um, it's called confirmation bias. I learned that in marketing is, I'm sure it's a psychology term, but we all look for evidence to support what we want to believe. Like we want to believe this relationship is good. Girl, I dated this guy my sophomore year and I was grasping at straws so hard to look for evidence that he loved me. I had a notebook. I would write down any strand of evidence I could find that he loved me because it was so sparse, which should have been my first red flag. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's called confirmation bias. And the way, like you said, is taking that step back and also asking a trusted friend because they're not clouded in that bias and like, Hey, like, what do you think? Like, tell me the truth. You know, you know me before and after this relationship. I love, I love your feedback. And and that takes maturity to ask. And that takes, yeah. and don't ask the person, you know, that's just going to tell you what you want to hear Ask the person that, you know, has your best interest at heart. So yeah, yeah for sure. I was actually living in New York City and he lived up there too, my ex. And I just, I flew home to Texas. I had to get away and just clear my head. I was laying in bed at night and I just was like, okay, I've been with him for two years. Like, why do I not feel this peace? And so I know this is cheesy, but I want to share with you guys the prayer that I wrote because I feel that this is the heart of a lot of women that I've only shared this with a few people. Is that okay if I I share my little prayer? I think. Okay. So I'm going to pull out my little Apple notes. I still have it here. 1.54 AM is when I wrote this. Okay. And it just was like coming, like I didn't even, I just typed this so fast. So I really feel like it was just God was with me in this moment. But I said, I lay to rest with my soul a mess, spinning through life like it's a test. Lord, give me eyes for what I cannot see and evoke this lesson you're trying to show me. I cannot carry this burden anymore. Show me what you have in store. Speak to me in my dreams in my sleep. Confirm your will and I'll not say another peep. God, show me, I beg you, show me your will. Is he who you have for me for all of life's thrills? Give us wisdom and confirm in my spirit. Lord, give me peace. I beg, give me rest. I know I've failed many times in this test, but my heart is for good and I am scared. Calm my spirit and help me repair. Lord, please show me if he is who you have for me. Speak to my soul. I beg you, my King. Abba, Father, I turn to you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for lies. I just want to stop all of this and be wise. I cry out to you. I cry out so loud. Lord, help me be a woman of God with grace abounds. Give me the strength to muster the path ahead. Single or together is he who I should wed. Lord, I trust you. Confirm in my heart what it is I should do. Give me a sign, I beg of you. I don't doubt your mercy, purpose, and grace. I can't even look rested when people look at my face. Torment and hurt ring in my head. Lord, help me break the cycle right here in my bed. These words are flowing and I want to see truth. God, show me what pleases you. In 30 minutes after I wrote that prayer, my ex accidentally copied me on an email where he was out at a club and ordering bottle service with girls. And I immediately, like, Katie, the chains on my heart were just broken. And I was so free. I was like, nope, I'm over it. I'm breaking up with him. And I did not have one feeling of I miss him or I wish I was still with him. Like my heart was just free. And that is a moment I will never forget. And God just answered my prayer like right there. And fast forward (laughs) six months later, I checked my Instagram and I found a message sent to me from a year ago. And it was Carson, the guy I'm married to now. And I was so gripped in that relationship. Our lives felt so enmeshed because we did work. We had friends, like everything. And I felt like it was almost like a mini divorce. But I just believe that's a way that Satan can like hold us down as as women and um, is being in the wrong relationship. And so I just, I, that's, is just such a crazy experience. 30 minutes after I wrote that prayer boom, God just showed up in my Gmail inbox. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm not sure what, what I need to drop my, take my, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just, I was like, wow, God, you're just amazing. I mean, that, that was my heart cry though. You know, like I was, I, I'm such a lover. Like I want to see the best in people, but it was to my detriment. And that's not what God wants for these, for when we are with someone, you know? Um, right. and it was such a, it was such a pivotal moment and, and really growth in my life and really just stepping out and owning my own, my own path and my happiness. Because even though I'm married now, I can't look to Carson and say, you need to make me happy. You need to do this right. for me. You need to do that. Like, no, I'm going to wake up every day. I'm going to choose to be happy. And Carson's my husband, but he's not the guy that defines my purpose and identity. And that may sound bad, but I think it's it's a healthy thing to not just be like overgive yourself to the point where you lose yourself. And I think that's where I was at. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, I'm picking my jaw up off the floor <laughs> because of that poem. By Aww. the way, get someone in Nashville to get that on a record label. That was incredible. Oh, thank you. I really, I wrote in there, I look, I look in the mirror and I, I don't even look like myself. Like I, I just didn't, I knew I wasn't in the right relationship. And I think someone told me like such a strong, just, we were having a conversation. I'll never forget this. She said, that gut feeling is your future self telling you to get out. And like, you have to do it. You have to break it, break it off. And I think the unknown is so scary for all of us, but you know, it was, it was definitely hard when you, you think, oh, they're a Christian, all these things look good. But then there are also those glaring red flags that you just want to ignore, but it's eventually going to come to the surface. At least it did for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this girls hear that. Like God really wants your best interest at heart. Think of like the most loving kind father who is looking at his daughter crying in her bed at 1am. He's like, well, I'm going to make this easy for you, honey. Here we go. <laughs> yes, I know. And I think like it, it does feel good to be pursued and be loved and be in a relationship. And I think I wanted that so bad that I would get in a relationship a lot quicker or easier in my, in my young 20s. I think, though, that that got me into trouble. And so having a, some other guy's affection is not the end-all, be-all is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Because even when you're married, like, you can't get your happiness from them. That'll just suck the life right out of the relationship. So yeah, I would say a marriage compliments you, not completes you. Like yes. it's crazy for us to think that another flawed human being can fill all of our broken places. Like that's insane. You yeah. know, there's only one savior and your boyfriend is not him. So yeah, no, I, even the best marriage compliment you, not complete you. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do, I do have to say, okay, so say you break up. There are rules, okay, post-breakup. And that is oh, yeah. unfollow on social media. I've done the stalking. That just really doesn't help. Like truly like cut off any ways to like see. And truly like, I know this sounds weird, but fill your schedule with new things. Like try a totally new workout gym or studio or go to a new Bible study or go to like a fun new restaurant with friends. Like that was something that really helped me. And really it's like, Oh wow, there's a whole world out here. Like it's, it's easy to just have your world feel like it's all revolving around you in that relationship. But it really is so much healthier when you can just not look and just walk in confidence forward that God has so much better for me. And you know what, if he is the guy God has for me, he needs to work on him right now and me. And so we'll just come back to that if that is ever meant to be. But really yes. walking in confidence, like God is, he wants the best for us. And the sooner we can hold on to that, I think it's, it helps those unknown times feel a lot less fearful. Yes. I feel like a breakup is a wound. It's a, mm -hmm. is it hurts, but to keep stalking his social and texting and whatever, like that's picking at the scab and you're never going to get better. You got to let that bad boy heal. And like you said, if it's, even if it's meant to be like, you both need to heal from that hurt. So there's yeah. nothing wrong with healing. Yeah. And 
also the whole comparison thing of like the girl that he dates after you. So do you want to hear another crazy thing that happened? Oh my God. Sure. Okay. So I was a reporter for the Christian Broadcasting Network, right? So I was living in Washington, D.C. And I would cover like Hillsong and Lauren Daigle and interview Sadie Robertson. Like it was so much fun. I would do a lot of kind of Christian entertainment. And so I officed in a newsroom, right? And we all had these desks right next to each other. Like I was the entertainment reporter across the aisle was like a political reporter or a White House correspondent because we're in D.C. Anyways, after my second engagement broke, that was the guy that I really first gave my heart to, right? So that one was really hard for me just to heal from and, and get over. But I ended up moving out of DC and a girl took my spot, like a, a new entertainment reporter. Okay. So I had a dream like a year later that my ex fiance was dating the new entertainment reporter. I had never even met her. Like I had no, I, I don't know why I dreamed this. So I woke up the next day and I was like, that was so vivid. And I yeah. checked um, in with a friend that worked there. Turns out they were dating. So he <sighs> dated, like, how weird is that? Like literally a girl that had my exact job title, exact desk. And I could have easily started comparing myself. And I'm not going to lie. I did for like 2.5 seconds. But then yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, uh-uh, no, no, Satan. Like, I'm not, I'm not even going down that trail. Um, turns out they ended up breaking up a year later and he still has those same things to work on apparently. So I don't think it's always like an indication of us or our worth, but you know what I mean? And I think that can be really hurtful too, is like, who is the girl they date after? And I swear, like God had me, he like came to me in my dreams because that is just so jaw dropping that he would have the audacity to date a girl. <laughs> That's insane. It's well, so weird. if they broke up, maybe if that girl loses her job, the next girl who has the same job, he'll date her. <laughs> yeah, That's I don't, terrible. I don't know. But anyways, I don't know. It's just, it's been a journey. Like I said, there's been a lot of weirdness for sure. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I want to talk about how you dealt with like temptation and having high standards and, you know, you're engaged twice before you met your yeah amazing husband. And so like, what does that look like? You know, um, no, I'm not going to go home with you at night or like, how do you set high standards? And, you know, you had this idea of, saving yourself for marriage, but that isn't always easy when you have had tequila shots and he has good cologne on and you know, you're back at his apartment. So yeah. how did you protect yourself? How did you set these standards? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, if any of those things have happened, like I think the best, one of the best things we can do in loving ourselves is like realizing like probably shouldn't have done that. Like I can do better and just looking forward. And I think that's one of the be most beautiful things about Christianity is if we mess up, like there's a new day, right? And yeah. it's easy to believe this religious lie, like, oh my gosh, you're going to hell. Like you did that. Um, but here's one thing I want to say I always did is really was intentional about how I acted in social settings. And I just really would try to not put myself in those situations. But when I have dated, I've always told guys that I would date, like, pretty soon, like date, it wouldn't be past a third date. I would be like, Hey, so, you know, do you go to church or what was, what was that like for you growing up? And I would hear them out and then I'd say, okay, yeah, like, yeah, my faith is really important to me too. And I've, I've actually made the decision to wait until I'm married. So I'm actually, I'm still a virgin. And I just think it's, it's such a cool thing to be able to give to your husband as a gift. And I would say that with such confidence because I think God just really gave me that of like vision of seeing what a blessing it was at such a young age. But when I would say that to the guys, it would, they'd be like, Oh wow. Like it like sets a precedence, right. For them to respect you and trust me, it weeds out the bad ones real quickly. Mm, like, so like what are they there for? And so I actually one time had a guy I was on a date and I told him I was waiting and he's like, no, I, I just can't do that. I can't. A year later, he wrote me and he was like, I was an idiot. Like, can I take you out? And I was just like, no, sorry. I'm, 
you know, I think it takes guys a little longer to, to catch up too. But um, <laughs> I love, first of all, that you said, say it with confidence. I'm actually taking yeah. a, uh, a learning from a voice coach. She's in Australia and she teaches people how to speak with confidence. And even like ending a sentence with a up infection inflection. So like we're saying, I'm waiting for marriage. Like, is that a question or is that a statement? Like, no, I have to make this decision to wait for marriage as a statement, as I'm not asking you, I'm telling you like even that simple little thing, the way you, you know, use those words has power. And it sounds like you said it with confidence and here's my decision with a period at the end. I love your feedback. Not question mark. What do you think? Do you still like me? And who, like you said, it weeds out the bad ones. So deuces homie, if they're out, right? Like, yeah, uh. yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that you just say it with confidence. And I mean, honestly, when you look at the benefits and holding out to wait for like your guy, like there's not one guy I look back and I'm like, dang, I wish I would have slept with him, man. Wish I wish I would have done that. No, I'm so glad that I only share that with the guy that's like going to care for my heart the rest of my life and I'm going to have a family with. Yes. I mean, people, I, I cannot tell you one person my age who says, you know, I wish I would have had more sex with strangers when, when I was dating. No, no one says that. <laughs> yeah. I know, totally. So, but again, like I said, if you have done those things and you have a past like, I just think that's not at all of God to like beat yourself up and feel terrible. Like there is a new day and I look back on my younger self and I'm like, Ooh, I should have handled that different or that situation. Like I haven't been perfect either. Um, and I think life is all about a journey of constant growth. Amen. There's forks in the road every day. Yeah. Back to the fairy tale. <laughs> Tell us a little bit. You said that Carson DM'd you, and I heard the story, but for the people who haven't, how did that work out? What was your dating relationship like? And now married, like what what have you learned along the way and what would you like to tell people? Yeah. So um, people can hate on Instagram, but hey, that's how I met my guy. So there is yeah. apparently a second folder where if you don't follow each other, you can get messages. I didn't know this. Someone told me one day and I opened it and it was like, creepers are us. Like t- so <laughs> many weird messages. I was like, what the heck? Are. But I saw like the cutest guy ever and the icon picture of one of them. And so I clicked it and it was like, an account with like five pictures and they're all professional baseball pictures, but his message sounded like a real person. And he's like, Hey, I saw a video of you encouraging like people in their faith. And like, you have very unique beliefs. Like I'd love to meet you one day. If you're ever in Texas, I see you're from there. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. <laughs> this guy is hot. I was like, I can write him back. <laughs> so I wrote him back. We exchanged messages. I actually had business in Dallas a month later. So I, after he sent me like a few other pictures where I knew he was not like a catfish, I was like, okay, this is a real person. So we met and oh my gosh, like I walked into that restaurant and I was just like, oh, he is, he's so cute. And like, seems like (laughs) something was different though. Like the way he spoke, it was different. And so we had that first dinner and I probably sound like I'm all about looks with him. I'm not. It's just, obviously, if you're meeting online, like, you know, it's hard to yeah. to gauge interest. So he was a good looking guy. And I could tell he was a Christian through, um, or like had faith at least through our conversations over the last month. So I was like, okay, I don't know if this is the real deal, but I'll have dinner with him. So we, we had dinner for like, we were the last table in that restaurant and everybody was gone, but he shared with me, he's like, Hey, I made that same decision. And I saw you posted a video and I just, he's 30, I'm 32. So I guess we're old, old virgins here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, to be honest with you, Katie, I did not believe him for the first like four months that he was really a virgin. I was like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like he played in the MLB. He's cute. Like that lifestyle is just, I didn't believe it. And, but you know, he stayed, he stayed the course. He kept pursuing me and was like, no, I'm not gonna, (laughs) I was like, I've been through too much. Like I need to see if this is the real deal. So my lease was up in New York and I decided 
after getting to know him for a few months, I thought, you know what, this guy seems really different. And so I signed a year lease here in Dallas and, and then we got engaged 10 months after. And we were engaged for a year. Our wedding was during the peak of Corona. So we had to cancel our big wedding and we decided to elope at Lake Tahoe a month and a half ago. So I'm, I am a newlywed. Um, yeah. We just put in an offer on our first house and it's just so fun. I think you know, the temptation to live with someone before marriage and sleep with them and play house, like do all that. Like now that I am married, it is so much fun to do all those things after you're married and save those things. Um, so we're like learning each other's living habits and just, you know, it's just fun though. It's, it's really, it's like a slumber party every night. It's like your best friend. It's like, this is so much fun. Yeah. Newlywed. I love that. I love that. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but it really stood out to me. I had texted you. You were on the plane back from your honeymoon, and we were talking about something. And you were just like, I could just tell you're filled with excitement. And mm -hmm. I know that I have a message for young women, and I know that like God has written something on my heart. And I guess just walking through all that you've walked through, and the frogs that you kissed, and all the junk, and now you know having this incredible story of both of you waiting for marriage. Um, and a month after your marriage, like, what do you like, what is that? You know, like, what message do you want to share? Yeah, I think I used to look at dating and the guys I would, you know, put, give my heart to, I guess, when I was younger. Now that I'm married, I think it's not just who do I enjoy? But also I've just, when I look at Carson, I also see an amazing dad one day, you know, I see a stable father figure for my kids and someone that I can really respect. And I think that's easy to not think about right away when, when we meet a guy is like, Oh, are they going to be a good dad? Cause you know, I haven't been ready to have kids for a while, but now that I am in that season of my life, just really looking at the overall picture of like, Who's someone you want to build your life with? And Carson has so many just qualities that I never valued when I was younger that I now value when I'm older. And I think it's that stability. It's not always like the super social, like, let's go here, let's go there. Like, I just really appreciate him being a great leader. And I don't think leading is always through words. I think he shows it in his in his actions and how he cares for me. And so I just feel so thankful that I didn't, I guess, settle in the past and thankful for, for the days where I had no idea why that relationship ended and I was so sad. And I can't tell you how happy, like you think about those things on your wedding day. You think about all those relationships you wanted to work and then realizing how much better you are matched with that person, like truly waiting for God's best. And it took me 32 years to get there, but <laughs> I do not regret my path at all. It really is. I'm just, thank you, God. You know, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> I still remember Carson's quote on our old episode, but it was like, um, essentially he learned from a speaker when he was young the the idea of not causing harm when you are yeah. capable. Yes. Yeah. So like talking to these young athletes who, you know, might want to punch someone or like show I'm more mainly like, but why, why would you cause harm even when you're capable? And he took that idea to his dating relationships. And I just love that saying, and I love his heart and I love how he took that to in his dating relationships and eventually found you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that too. And I'll just, just going off what you just said, he, when he was young, he heard a guy say, what is a man? What defines manhood? Is it a guy that just conquers women and gets in bar fights and shows aggression? Like to him, a true man is someone that refrains from causing harm in any way. Like a guy could easily punch or they're stronger, but they refrain from that or not playing with a girl's heart. Like to me, that's, that's a real man. And so yeah, I'm I'm so glad you remember that because I just think that's so cool for guys to hear too because I think there's a lot of lies for guys to like they think like sleeping with a bunch of girls or 
oh, it was so funny, like partied and got wasted. Like that's just honestly, I don't know. It's just not, it's not really what makes a man. Um, And so that's obviously though, like a growth journey for, for everyone to discover. Like we're not just immediately an adult. So these are just things to learn. And that's why I love podcasts and things like this, because people at different life seasons can just talk about what they've been through and hopefully help someone younger that may be going through that same thing. Well, what a perfect lead-in for <laughs> our last question. Because <laughs> as you know, this is called the Truth For Your 20s podcast. So you've yeah. given so much wisdom already for what our 20-year-olds can do to walk into healthy dating habits and forgive themselves, yet walk into you know the best decisions for their future marriage. But if you could have coffee with your 20-year-old self, what would you tell her? Oh, man. (laughs) I would say don't compare yourself. Like truly embrace your unique skills and qualities and love yourself, which means physically, mentally, spiritually, like take care of yourself, have boundaries. Like you don't need to say yes to everything and get to know guys more first before you get in a relationship. Um, Those are probably some of the things I would say. Angela, your story is so inspiring. I think that so many girls are going to resonate with this. Thank you for sharing your heart and the good and the bad and the ugly. And I'm just so thankful for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot and put this up on your social. Tag me at Katie Bulmer Life. By the way, I love your DMs. I'm just a regular girl who responds to all my DMs. I never thought I had to clarify that, but apparently some people don't. You actually do me a favor when you reach out and tell me what you want to hear more of because I'm no longer a 20-something, but my passion is to keep my thumbprint on the pulse of what you guys are walking through, what you want to hear more of, what resonates. So please reach out. Do not be shy. And lastly, those of you who leave a review on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you gain some truth for your 20s. Hey, my name is Hannah Boomer. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Bye! (laughs) And our work here is done.